There is some concern. We've got some guys getting examined. Uh, Gerald McCoy, uh, Denzel Good, Marcus Mariota, to name a few. Uh, we'll have to, have to see the official evaluation here shortly. The Las Vegas Journal Review. I don't want to get into all the specifics, but we knew they were going to all out blitz. That's their history. That's that's what they do. You can forget about the throw and the catch. It's the protection. It was a great pickup by our guys, and Derek threw the ball retreating. It was just a heck of a play against an all-out blitz with the game on the line. But uh, we had run a version of that play earlier, yes. Things got testy. Whacking that thing around. You think I like the shootout? Just being a little sarcastic and having a little fun here. Doesn't matter what I say, Mike. You're going to write fucking every time. So it doesn't matter what you say. Just crush my dreams. Cocaine isn't cheap. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Is there anything better than talking about the playoffs after week one? No. In fact, uh, when I came in this morning, ESPN had MVP odds. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. It's like one game. <laughs> James like, Winston? And Dak, no, Dak Prescott was up there. He didn't even win the game. He's like an MVP favorite at this point. They're like, did that guy lose the game? So football outsiders, they've got their uh, analytic DVOA that measures every team. And they use that to basically sort of predict how many games each team will win, and ultimately playoff probability. So after the Raiders beat the Baltimore Ravens in week one, their chances to make the playoffs rose by 6.8%. They now, according to Football Outsiders, have a 38.3% chance to make the playoffs. Does that feel low to you? Should that be higher? I don't know because it's also, as you say here, projected for eight and a half wins. So yep. I don't know if 38% even means anything because if they get eight wins, even if they get nine wins, they're probably not going yeah. in anyway. Eight and a half wins. Well, that's saying, you know, they're I mean, most likely the outcome is eight is eight to nine wins, but there's a 38% chance they get to 10 or more or whatever. I'm going under. Under 10? <laughs> no, or yeah. under eight and a yeah. half. No, not under eight and a half. Oh, okay. I'm not going under eight and a half. No, okay. I'm not doing that. So 30, I said 8-9, so. 38% chance. Here's here's my thing on it. I kind of feel like it might deserve to be a little bit higher simply because they won a game they were not, not projected supposed to win. To win right. right? They're projected to lose that game, so you've already swung one in your favor. Now, granted, they could end up losing three or four this year that they are projected to win, and it completely cancels out the Ravens win. But it is a win where you swung your playoff odds or at least in my mind, a little bit more than 6 or 7%. But what's maybe more interesting, DVOA really likes the Broncos. Who would the, the Broncos in for the first week beat? Uh, the Giants. So they beat a really bad team, so and here's, yet their percentage increases. So here's so the Broncos, they actually have the second-best playoff odds in the AFC West, uh, 61%. They're actually more likely than not to make the Than the, the Chargers. Playoffs. Yes, the Chargers are last in the AFC West right now, according to DVO. DVO does not like the Chargers very much. So here's the here's the the difference though with Denver. Denver played well, or at least better than the Raiders did, and won. Now, granted, they were playing a worse team in the Giants, but the Raiders did not actually play well in their game against the Ravens, despite winning. So DVOA takes into every single play and how much value every play adds. The Raiders didn't play well on Monday night. That was not a well-played game. That was not like a good win in terms of how the team played. The Ravens just also played like right. crap. So right. when you're sort of taking Humble. right when you're taking <laughs> each play and how much value it adds, the Raiders didn't have a very good week one. 
So that's sort of when you're projecting to the future. If they play like that the rest of the year, they're going to lose more often than they win. Listen to our sister station, Raider Nation Radio. <laughs> where, you will, where you will find out when they lose that they were just a play away. Always just a play away. I'm surprised. Uh, where am I? Again, I'm just going on the opening week on who they beat. Tell me why you think they don't like the Chargers. Uh, it goes back Did to you watch that game. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, Oof. you beat the, the 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 Broncos beat the Giants and increased by almost ten percent. Well, yeah. they beat the brakes off the Giants, though. Where okay. the Chargers okay. didn't the Chargers win by like one uh, like, one possession? Yeah, one possession. So it goes back to I think the Chargers defense overall. The the Chargers are not projected to have a good defense this season, and the Broncos are. The Broncos are projected to have the That's best what defense they do. Right. in the division. And the Chargers are projected to, you know, with the Raiders towards the bottom of the NFL. And offensively, how good is Justin Herbert? Don't how much yet. can you right? Is he going to be as good as he was last year? They weren't that good against Washington. Now, Washington has a good defense, and so that's not really a great indicative sign of the rest of the year. But the, the offense for the Chargers wasn't necessarily great against Washington. So we'll see how the Chargers end up. But I think that's what it is. And it is surprising to see the Denver so much higher. But listen. The way Teddy Bridgewater played, and again, it was the Giants. Right. It's I know a really that, bad team. But Teddy Bridgewater looked really good. And even if Teddy Bridgewater is 75% of that the rest of the season, the Broncos have a legitimate chance to make. I mean, they're, they're a good defense. Win 10. And they've got a solid offense. And if Teddy Bridgewater is going to, like, they converted on third down at a ridiculous rate in that game, which is an unsustainable thing. But if Teddy Bridgewater is going to be anywhere close to that good, Broncos are probably a playoff team. There been an update on Judy because he was going to be at least uh, three weeks. He's out. They he's put him on IR, three weeks. so he's, oh, out, he's out three weeks. Uh, six weeks, I think, oh. is the is the timeline they're looking yeah. at with his high ankle sprain. So they, but that even that, they still have Cortland yeah, players, Sutton and Tim right. Patrick. Like they still have decent wide receivers who have put up have given them some production this season. So, all right, I want to ask you about this because we didn't get in the first hour and uh, we talked about it a little bit. Didn't you find it strange? I did find it. W- there was no follow-up question to this whole Cleveland furrow back issue because I did think it was weird that Gruden yesterday, he wouldn't say he was a healthy scratch, but if you even give out the insinuation it was an injury, he wasn't on any report. Yeah. So I don't, know why he just, I, I don't know why he just didn't say, you know, hey, Cleveland's going to get better. We know he's going to improve, but right now we thought other people were better than him. I it's almost like they're afraid to say that and you get yourself in a little hot water although I haven't seen any follow-ups to where you say well he had a back issue. Well, then he should have been questionable on our report. Yeah. So, he was actually so he was listed on the injury report this week for the Raiders, but they never All the way through? But they never gave him the designation of questionable. They never gave him the designation of doubtful. Like and when a player so so the way the 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 way the rule is written is if the Friday, if after the Friday update and prior to the 90 minute meeting at which the club submit its list of inactive players before a game, an injury or other event occurs that may affect a player's ability to play, the public relations director is, re- is required to report that information immediately. So Cleveland Furrow was not listed as questionable on any of the Raiders' injury reports, and then all of a sudden he was out and not playing. The way the rules written, the Raiders were supposed to, as soon as he was determined to not be playing, report that as, hey, Cleveland Furl is out. out because of injury. They did not do that. They would have had to, the way they did Josh Jacobs, and they updated, right, hey, they updated it. questionable because well, of they, illness. And we knew that. They, they updated that right away Saturday. Right. 
Okay, but the, I mean, the PR guy can't even get back to me on a long snapper. Like, <laughs> give him a break. He's very busy. So you will not hear the end of the long yeah. snapper. It's it's interesting. I I don't know that they're going to end up getting fined, but it kind I don't of think so. sounds like they should be the way they handled it's just, it. It kind of sounds like it should be more clear. It should yeah. be clearer in terms of what happened. Because I, I, I think he was a healthy scratch because they didn't think he was good enough. Right. And That's again, I think. he was listed as a full participant in practice the entire week. He did not miss any time in any practice, which is why he wasn't listed as questionable or doubtful. Is because he played every single part of practice. So, yeah, I think healthy scratch is a fair way to put it. And I think John Gruden is being nice to Cleveland Furl. Probably. When he says, yeah, a little bit of a back well, issue. He's got every chance to play this week. He should. You hope should. so. Mike, yeah. imagine if he's a healthy scratch this week. Yannick and Gokwe's not, not out there. Imagine. Be- <laughs> well, we got Malcolm Kuntz, the rookie. We're going to put him in there instead. Wasn't, too, a, wasn't as high a draft pick, yeah. but still the third round. That's actually like defensive end. I'm I'm curious to see what they do because they played week one with three defensive ends. They Because of Furl and Malcolm Kuntz, who was their third round right. pick, because they made both inactive, they played that with three defensive mm-hmm. ends and then Ngakwe got hurt. So I'm curious, you go into week two, not only... If Yannick Ngakwe doesn't play, which it sounds like he's going to be out for a decent amount. Yes. You obviously have Cleveland Furl, who should be active. But I have to assume you make Malcolm Kuntz active as well. Because you're going to play another game with three defensive ends. Unless they just really trust Solomon Thomas as a depth defensive end. Maybe. But I feel like you've got to have a little bit I more security. I think Furl is going to be active. Yeah, I think I, he's playing. If he's not, then we've got bigger right. problems than right. whatever this back issue is. But like, I think you got to make Malcolm Kuntz active too. And... Honestly, you'd like to see Malcolm Kuntz active because he was a third-round pick. And as we heard from Mike Mayock two years ago, that's like stealing. That's like stealing. Yeah, he should have another, starters. Another steal. So, right. yeah, I would like to think Malcolm Kuntz is active too yeah. because you're going to probably need four defensive ends because you're not you're already not healthy at that position. What happens if somebody else gets hurt again? And now all of a sudden you're down to two defensive ends for a whole game against Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's not good. So it's, it's interesting because they had, again, to go back to like the – Pro football focus rankings. Max Crosby was a top five defensive end in week one. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe was, was, I think, eighth or ninth. I can't remember, but he was top 10. So two top 10. Carl Massive was 15th. Now, he did not play as many snaps, but the the big force fumble. But, like, they had three really good performances from defensive ends. Now, again, Ngakwe's hurt and might not play, but you can be pretty optimistic about Crosby and Massive going forward. Where does Cleveland Furl fit right. into that? And where does Malcolm Kuntz fit into that if they can provide you that depth? Because more likely than not, Max Crosby is not going to be the fourth best defensive end in football this year. He's probably going to fall back. Carl Nassib is not going to be the 15th best defensive end in football. He's probably going to fall back. So you're going to need some more performance because their interior defensive linemen were not good. They did not have good pro football focus grades. Uh, they were outside like the top 30 at their position. So you're going to need something else defensively to figure that out. Because if you, uh, Casey Hayward was the other one who graded really highly. He was one of the top 10 cornerbacks uh, by pro football focus in week one. And he where actually, did, where did Mullen rank? Cause I didn't hear his name a lot. Uh, very low. Yeah. Very, I didn't hear very him, low. His name a lot at all. He was, I think bottom 10 of all cornerbacks. Do so, they do full bucks? Because Alec Engle had 46 they do. catches. Uh, he was only fourth <laughs> of seven. 
three other dudes right? had more than Alec Ingold, who seemed to have a career high in targets and catches. Right? It's unbelievable. That's how could so, that happen? How could there be three fullbacks better than him last week? Alec Ingold was better than Henry I Ruggs. Mean, yeah, exactly. All they do is throw to Waller and Ingold now. <laughs> they don't even throw to the other guys. Hold on. Let me look up Who were the three here. fullbacks better than that guy? Is this, is this updated yet? Yeah. So Keith Smith of, the, of the Falcons. C.J. Ham in Minnesota. Who? And Giovanni Ritchie in Carolina were all better. Who? Yeah. Wait, That's amazing. Wait, 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 wait. Giovanni Ritchie, is he the guy that couldn't get the, uh, he couldn't get one yard? Oh, uh, no, I think that was a different fullback. I think uh, they that's, changed you, fullbacks. Yeah, you, I mean, you got to change fullbacks just, after that. I just don't believe this. Now, for some context here. Well, on, there better be a lot of context. Alec Ingold's pro football focus grade was 64.7. Good. Keith Smith, who was number one, was 67.1. Okay. So there's not much difference between Still one and though. four. We're, we're very, we're splitting hairs there for the most part. But yeah. He's our guy. Come on. <laughs> Fourth best. It's unbelievable. Oh, three Johnny guys. Stanton. It's unbelievable. There are three guys better. Where's than Johnny Stanton? All right. Coming up next. Rebel. Oh, this is going to be a fun Bischoff's briefs. I'm going to teach you about ghost restaurants. I think it's Sam and Ash. Yeah, I'm pretty sure oh, Sam and Ash yeah. are coming up next. I'm off. <laughs> Sam and Ash is next. Bischoff's briefs is after that. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Call the press box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. It's the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Sam and Ash, hurting a crash call, Sam and Ash. Samandashlaw.com <laughs> is the website. How are you guys today? What's up, guys? Oh, great. How are you? Good. 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 Uh, is, uh, is Ed there? Ed I'm is here. If I'm hurting a crash, I'm calling Sam and Ash. 702-820-1234. You guys. You guys, in your interview on Monday, you bagged the governor, called him Steve. That was cute. Yeah. What am I supposed to call him? Yeah, Steve. Your Excellence. Uh, your Majesty. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to right, actually. So... I take that back. I don't want to know what your answer is. No, 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 please. <laughs> Clean feed does not have the eight-second delay. So uh, it's, <laughs> what you say, it makes it on. So, But uh, it is clean. It's a clean feed. It is so. a clean feed. Now, now it's terrible. No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying maybe I'm not the guy's biggest fan, but I'm still going to call him governor. I don't know. Right. Just, uh, call me old-fashioned. I don't know. He's Steve Sisolak. I don't know. I guess if I met the president, I wouldn't call him president either. Oh, uh-huh. really? I, you know, oh, I'd say Mr. Whoa, president. You call him I Joe? Would, I'd, I'd call say him Mr. President. Joe? Joseph? <laughs> Joseph? Jose? I don't know. I don't wow. know. I don't just see red. My sister's got a doctorate. I don't call her doctor sister. <laughs> yeah, but she's your sister. Are you related yeah. to Steve? No, but it's all, yeah, it's all the be. same. No, see, that's it's the, the thing. You know, yeah, it's it's the, I think the with, follies of youth. I think with Sislak, it was more <laughs> the first time we really kind of engaged with him a lot was when he was Clark County Commissioner and he was on like trying to build the stadium and it became kind of. Just call normal Steve. to call, no, yeah. normal Did to call, you call him, him commissioner then? No, I called him Steve. Yeah, exactly. Well, there it goes. So you <laughs> okay. got a history with him. Yes, All right. Yes, okay. Yes, you guys yes. go way back. You yeah, go way, way back. back. Well, you guys are OGs. As, I get it. There you I go. get it. As back as it was to build the stadium. This is listen. That was. You're trying to guilt me into like uh, when <laughs> Deion Sanders was like, you got to call me coach. <laughs> like, I'm not calling Deion Sanders coach. It's just Deion. Call him prime time. Yeah. Prime time. Call him prime time. 
So we now have two NFL teams, including our own, but now the Buffalo Bills have joined the Raiders that are going to require vaccinations to enter uh, uh, their games this year. My actual question, though, and this doesn't just apply to the NFL. This could apply to anywhere that's requiring vaccinations. What's the punishment? Have we seen punishment yet for people that are faking vaccination cards? I think I, I mean, well, there was that viral story about the woman who used a fake card and called it Moderna or something. I mean, in Hawaii. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if Mahalo you're. Mahalo to a, you. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> Moderna. At least get it right. Um, <laughs> but I, so I, that beyond that, I just know that everyone has come out, um, AGs, the FBI, CDC, everyone has come out and said that knowingly selling, buying, possessing a counterfeit document such as a fake vaccine card um, is a federal crime. And, you know, in Nevada, it'll get you at least, it could get you a fine and up to five years in prison, depending on what you're doing. So it's not legal. I don't recommend it. Um, if you don't want to get, uh, if you really want to go to a Bills game, um, I would maybe go another season if you don't want to get vaccinated or go find the bills at a different stadium that doesn't require a vaccination. Um, the interesting thing to me is the two stadiums that have required this are Allegiant and uh, the Raiders and Buffalo Bills. But Buffalo is a outdoor arena. I mean, it's right. wide open. Right. Whereas Allegiant's not. So that's kind of it, that was fascinating to me. I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Allegiant was built uh, with the help of $750 million that was given to the Raiders to build that stadium. Um, so is there any legal recourse, anything, a fan or a citizen of Las Vegas and Clark County could say, you're not going to make me do that, and our tax dollars help pay for this, so I'm going in, and you don't have the right as the owner of the team to exclude me from your property? Yeah, I think um, you can make that argument. It's probably not a winning legal argument, right. but I'm, but I, but I think a lot of people in the valley feel that way very strongly, and I don't blame them. So I am curious on the actual like fan bases here. Do you guys find it interesting that it's the Raiders and the Bills, two of the fan bases that seem to be the craziest, that those are the only teams that have said, yeah, you've got to be vaccinated to come to <laughs> yeah, our Yeah, I know, but continue yeah. jumping on tables yes. and breaking your <laughs> yes. Yes. please. And squirting continue ketchup break. in each other's faces. <laughs> yeah. It's always good. It, it, literally, the Raider brand is, it's a renegade outlaw brand, right? I mean, that's what this 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 fandom is all about. And so it's just, it is funny that suddenly we're like, yeah, absolutely, Spike's, um, you know, it, lots of lots of vitriol, everything, all the crazy, and then but come into the building vaccinated for for the love of Pete. Uh, we've seen this in the NFL too, but the NBA is sort of in a similar situation where their referees are required to be vaccinated, like staff is required to be vaccinated, but the players are not required to be vaccinated. Now, in the NFL and the NBA is going to be the same way. The protocols for unvaccinated players are a lot stricter than they are for vaccinated players. But with the players, does this simply come down to they have a players union, they have a players association, and that's why the NBA can't mandate them to get vaccinated to play in the league? Yeah, I would absolutely. That's my understanding of why the NBA players have such leeway on this, and, and the same with the NFL. I mean, um, the referees and staff and, and, and the like are under different rules. You know, the organizations can put into place what – 
type of requirements are on their staff and their employees. And the players have a union, so they get maybe different rules, which they have negotiated as part of their bargaining agreement. Um, and referees just aren't don't fall in that class. And if they have a union, I'm not aware of any, um, but that they just didn't negotiate for that term. I mean, it seems like, and we, I guess we can say this is all sports, if they're not 100% vaccinated, do you think, I mean, Sam, any risk for players or fans in regards to how they're, pl- how they're even played? I, r- risk from, from COVID? Right. R- right. Well, n- no. I mean, I, I mean, look, I think that you have, you have enough. Again, it's just a numbers game, right? You've right. got enough, enough people out there who've either had the disease, gotten over it, have natural antibodies. Right. Uh, and then there's a, a large number of people who are, who are vaccinated in and around the team. And so, you know, the, op- the, the, the likelihood of transmission every month that we go through this reduces by, by, the, by the very nature of that, that numbers game. So I, you know, in the long run, no, I don't think it's going to be a, you know, a, a prohibitive thing. Now, you know, we have very strict rules about isolation and about, you know, if you've been exposed, um, you know, you, you've got user certain COVID protocols of how long you have to isolate. So that all can can mess with the schedule and put a team on the back foot. You know, if you're missing a few good players uh, and key players, all of a sudden you're, you know, you're in a bad spot. So I understand the, the business side of it, but I think from the practical side, no, I don't think it creates a lot of risk. Now, the real story I wanted to ask you guys oh, about yeah. is <laughs> in the world of esports, a guy <laughs> whose username is Cake Assault, uh, he, won, <laughs> he won a tournament and... After he won, he started celebrating, and during his celebration, he dislocated his shoulder. Uh, I I have to imagine he doesn't actually have any recourse here for medical bills after dislocating his own shoulder while celebrating. Yeah, no. And also, <laughs> I'm just curious, uh, Cake Assault, do you think he was... He adopted that name after the fact that he became really good, or it's kind of just one of those things that he's having to live with now. He'd picked that when he was like eleven. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, just gosh. So, it. yeah. If you're eleven and you're listening, choose your gamer <laughs> name wisely because that'll that carries on. Well, all the good ones got taken a long time ago. <laughs> Cake assault one two three four. Yeah. I I want to ask you before you go because Tyler was making fun of me yesterday because when I get pulled over and there's been a time or two, my license and <laughs> registration are in my hand before the before the uh, the law enforcement even reaches the window because I know I've done something and I'm not gonna get away with it. I put both my hands out the window <laughs> to show that Jared just Jared assumes the position. I just ha- hold up my uh, driver's license. If one of us and odds are I'm the leader at the books get pulled over and the first question is, do you know why I pulled you over? What is your best advice as to what you would say at that moment to maybe help your cause? <laughs> I, mean, I don't recall. No, I, I don't uh, know. No. Okay. I, I would say no. I, I, I just kind of accept that I've done something. I, I got pulled over. The, what if you admit the wrong thing? Yeah, that's Is right. It, I didn't yeah. even think like, about. I didn't use my blinker, and he's yes. like, I didn't even see that. I stoned yes. at the bejesus. I, I, it was... <laughs> Is it the 30 pounds of cocaine yes, that I have exactly. in my trunk? <laughs> Why was I texting? I did get pulled over. I told these guys uh, recently, but he let me off because it's the wife's fault because he said, <laughs> do you know your registration expired? I said, you know what? I think we have that sticker at the house, but she forgot to tell me to put it on the car, but we do have it. He goes, all right, just make sure you get it on this week. So got out of that one. 
Wow. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Yeah, thank I you, so, thank you. So I, I think that I think when you you know you, you play the mea culpa and you you know you, you act like you did something, they're more apt to say, "Hey, I'm going to help this guy." Whereas if you really argue with them, they they're going to say, "Oh, I'm nope. going to throw the book at you." I, yeah, but it, it, what I also just learned right now from you, Ed, is that if you are doing something wrong, at least make sure you have a registration sticker on your car. That's you, or so I just blame get... my wife. Yes, one yeah. of the two. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm glad wife. you got out of it. <laughs> yes. But Wait. I would I would make the officer tell me why. I'd say no. Mm. I, Unless I was clearly speeding, I would say maybe a speed issue. I don't know. <laughs> An issue? Clear, well, Ed's <laughs> clearly speeding all the time, apparently. So Ed can well, just Ashley, say that actually, time. if she gets pulled over, she just switches places with Rocky. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It was him. Uh, <laughs> He's got a lead foot. <laughs> well, they are Sam and Ash at SamAndAshLaw.com. 702-820-1234. Hurt in a crash, call Sam and Ash. Thanks, guys. We Thanks, appreciate guys. it. <laughs> Take Thanks, care. Bye-bye. Bye. So there's Sam and Ash. Don't admit that you did anything wrong, Ed. Blame it, blame <laughs> I, it on your wife. Jared is and, assuming the position, and I'm handing him my <laughs> license and registration. Can't they? Hold on. Can't they check to see that your registration actually has been paid and you just haven't put the sticker on? He didn't appear to be want to do that. He just said, where's your sticker? I said, I assume my wife has it. I literally said that. I said, I assume. I go. She, I said, if you met her, you know we weren't overdue. We didn't pay any late fees, so I knew I know this place. I know this I, thing somewhere. I just always am fascinated by the. Okay, I need you to look directly right here into my chest, into this camera, <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, yep, this is me. <laughs> all right, coming up next. <laughs> now it's Bischoff's briefs about a ghost restaurant. Call Sam at Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Bischoff's Briefs. What's going on hockey? It seems to come out of nowhere. The play-by-play guy is always shocked. Le Petier passes to Huckenshuck, who skates past the blue line. Huckenshuck, of course, was traded from Winnipeg for a case of Labatt's after sitting out last season with, oh my God, he scores! Bischoff's Briefs. Does anybody here know what It's Just Wings is? Is that where we're going for lunch? Soon it's a restaurant that serves wings. It's the only thing I got. So, It's Just Wings is the restaurant that hired Tate Martell as a brand ambassador. It is the only one that we know of, the only NIL deal that we know of for any UNLV athletes. They signed like 200-something athletes across the country, and Tate Martell was the one in Vegas. We have a listener named Drew who tried to go find It's Just Wings in Las Vegas, and he drove to the location that they have for their website, and it's just a Chili's. There's no It's Just Wings. Just There's just a Chili's there. Uh, inside Chili's. It's Just Wings is a ghost restaurant. Do you know what a ghost okay. restaurant is? I assume it doesn't exist. Kind or of. We, oh, or we can't I, see it. I know. Okay, if it's a I know what these are. So, yes, Wendy's is opening a bunch of these. Here's what happened during the pandemic. A lot of restaurants, like a Chili's. That we would know. Yes, Ooh. Denny's has them as well. Okay. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese might be the yes. best one. Oh, okay. Uh, they that was the one have was a different name on like DoorDash or Postmates or something like that. And so in this case, Chili's sells wings, but it's it's just wings. It's not an actual separate restaurant. They make the wings inside of Chili's. If you go to Chili's, Chili's sells wings. You cannot order from the it's just wings menu. You have to have different wings? I guess. I don't know. 
But if you go like I did, and I bought it yesterday, I had it's just wings for dinner last night. Boy, you were doing um, some journalistic I research did. there. I went on DoorDash. My he goodness, on, yes, he foiled him. <laughs> yeah, my goodness, and got it's just wings because it is a ghost restaurant. Because lots of restaurants have set this up now. How do they arrive? Does it have a logo and everything? No, just in a plain styrofoam box. No logo, no wow. nothing on it. Just plain styrofoam box. Now. Chili's has its just wings. Uh, Denny's has more than one. Uh, one is Different called names. Yeah, one is called Burger Den. So if you're on there and you find Burger Den, that's Denny's making you a burger. Uh, the best one is actually Chuck E. Cheese. Yes, they are Pasquale's Pizza. Oh, it's the so if you're, on, wow. if you're on DoorDash or something, Pasquale's Pizza is actually just Chuck E. Cheese. Now, and I've heard it's good. The, now, one of the reasons my for sister this, was so excited that you could you could just hey, order it's Bischoff's briefs, not Justice's briefs. <laughs> one of the reasons for this is if you're trying to buy food, nobody's going to have Chuck E. Cheese deliver their pizza to you. Like if you're scrolling through Postmates and you see Chuck E. Cheese, you're not selecting that. But if you see Pasquale's pizza, you've never heard of that. You might think it's some local restaurant. You've never eaten that. You say, yeah, let's give that a try. And really, it's just Chuck E. Cheese that's getting delivered. <sighs> Same with Chili's. Same with Denny's and all these restaurants that have ghost restaurants that you cannot actually go to. But would you trust it as much as, like, Wingstop? I mean— Like, don't you, don't you go with what you trust? It might just be you're trying something new. That's all. Yeah, I was. My next question is, why are they doing this? I don't. I and they based it on the pandemic. So did they believe in the pandemic months that Chili's wasn't something to be popular? I have no idea. You're probably right of why they're doing this. I just don't grasp the idea of going to this much trouble to sell something that you already sell. According to Restaurant Business Online, it's just Wings in their first year did 150 million dollars in sales. Now I be, know why they're doing it. <laughs> which would make them, Jeez. if they were their own restaurant, would make them one of the top 500 best-performing <laughs> restaurants by sales in the United States. But it's not real. It's just it's just Chili's who sells it under a different name. Yeah, but when you think of wings, you don't think of Chili's. No. Right. But they true. sell wings. Right. They but sell if you them. see yeah. it's just wings, you're like, well, they must have good wings. That's all they sell. Because their menu, by the way, is wings. You can do boneless or bone-in wings and curly fries. That's their entire menu. <laughs> they do not have anything else on their menu but those two types of wings and curly fries. How were the curly fries? So here's the problem. It took 30 minutes longer than the projected time for my food to get there. It's a lot. My food was cold. Uh, the DoorDash driver, when he got there, actually talked to me and was like, your order disappeared. He was like, that's why it's late. I, he's like, your order just disappeared from DoorDash. And I couldn't. he couldn't find my address because he had my food. And for some reason, it, he said it disappeared from DoorDash, so he could not find me. That had like nothing to do with that minutes. Wings place, though. Uh, no, I think that's a DoorDash error yeah. on, the, on DoorDash's part. But again, it's a restaurant that only uses DoorDash, so they kind of had to figure it out. So my issue is that I got the food, and it was the curly fries were soggy. However, I put them in my air fryer for like four minutes, fixed them. Yeah. Curly fries were great. Air fryers are huge. I don't know if they were good <laughs> before my air fryer, but the air fryer no, was great. Air fryer is huge. Now, the wings, I got apple barbecue sauce on my wings. I have never seen apple barbecue sauce before. It was amazing. It was good. It was like the best sauce I've ever had on wings. Did you have to heat the wings up? Wings. Uh, yes, I did. I did have to heat the wings up. It was an hour after they got picked up from the restaurant that I got them. So... 
The apple barbecue was delicious. The quality of the wing is it was the, the same wing. as you'd get yeah. it whatever yeah. anywhere else. So it wasn't, it wasn't like it wasn't like it was anything special. No, so it wasn't like it was anything special. But the actual sauce, I I don't dislike Buffalo Wild Wing or Wingstops have apple barbecue. I don't know. I've never had. I it have before, no idea about that. But it was delicious, and I would absolutely get okay. apple barbecue again. So the key question here is. Does Tate Martell know anything about this? I think <laughs> I know more about Tate yes. about it's just wings. I mean, than Tate does he Martell. know it's involved with chilies? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How did they? Who sold them on this? Did the guy have a chilies uniform on or one of these wing uniforms on? I, I don't think he's... the wing uniforms exist, Dad. <laughs> I don't think they exist. I, I think he said they said here's a check, and well, he went. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much. Maybe not even a check. It might just be, hey, we're gonna send you some free wings through DoorDash every now and then. That uh, might, yep, that, that, that do it. it. That do it. I mean, the Boise State kid went to a birthday party. <laughs> if, any, if anyone from Chili's, if anyone so, from Chili's is listening, I will do the same deal. Yes, Jared is on the hook. He will be your spokesman. Send him free wings. Yeah, so, I, th- I find this fascinating. It is. Ghost restaurants are because, unbelievably fascinating. I mean, I'm sorry, and Chili's went, but Denny's is a huge corporation, and the idea they believe that they need to be ghosts to cook their hamburgers for people but then again you just told me what this wing place made so maybe it makes complete sense okay and to me it makes sense because like during the height of the pandemic when people were getting food delivered constantly right if i'm just like scrolling through postmates or doordash i don't know i'm trying to find something to eat if i scroll across denny's or chili's or whatever i'm probably not ordering from denny's or chili's i know what that is and those are like restaurants that are like you know, the casual, you go there, it's a sit-down restaurant or whatever. I don't I don't need to order the food to get right. delivered to me. But if I'm like, oh, this place is called Burger Den. I've never heard of that. That's a new restaurant. I like to try new restaurants. Let's give it a shot. When really, it's just a Denny's hamburger. But I don't know that because I Price just is the Burger same. Den. Um, I mean, I don't know how much your wings cost, but I mean, you obviously were, didn't think it was outrageous. Before all the delivery fees, it was 11 bucks for curly fries, 10 wings, oh. and a soda. So, that's pretty good. That's yeah, it's not bad. No, it's not bad now, at all. It gets delivered, and it's like You're right. ten more dollars right. on top right. of that. So, but the food—that's pretty good price. Right. The problem is you can't actually go into Chili's and sit down. No, and pay because $10. it doesn't exist. You've got to pay for it to get delivered. <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't too bad. But yeah, so it was outside I mean, of it being delivered late. I would probably eat it again. Good for Tate Martell. Yeah. If he's getting it, I'm doing it even if they're just giving the free wings. Right, I would too. So that's what it's just wings is, and right. that was my experience last that, night of trying to find or trying to get it delivered to me. How'd you ultimately find it out? I mean, have people written about this? Well, okay, so I I sent a tweet or something about Tate Martell and it's just wings, and one of the, Drew, the guy that listens, oh, he said he, he went to try to find the physical. That's place, right. Okay, so the and he was like, it's a Chili's. And I was like, well, that's weird. Either Drew's an idiot and doesn't know how to use his GPS, or that's weird. And so I just Googled It's Just Wings, and there's, there's stories about it. Okay, so this up. is not something these people are trying to hide. No, they, yeah. If I you mean, go to their website, if you click around, like their about page, it'll tell okay. you that it's Chili's or whatever. Uh, now, they don't have the Chili's logo on the home page. No, because that wouldn't sell the food. Right. And if you go on, if you're just on DoorDash or Postmates, I don't think it says Chili's anywhere on yeah. there. But if you go to their website, they have a website. They eventually, it. if you click around, <laughs> it'll say Chili's somewhere on there. That's why but, That's why uh, we're here yeah. and they're there. That's a fascinating yeah. uh, marketing the, tool. The other way the ghost restaurants work is like in places like New York, where it's a lot more crowded metropolitan area. It'll just be like, it won't even be like, oh, a Chili set this up. It'll just be some company 
they have a kitchen somewhere and they run like four restaurants and they just create whatever food out of that kitchen and sell it. And it's not those those aren't even at a real restaurants. They just have a kitchen somewhere and they just make food where they make food, fake restaurant. It's on Postmates and people order it. Can you imagine to have five restaurants and one kitchen? Yeah, that's what, what are it we is. Making? One's a burger, one one's stories, wings, yeah. one's Asian, one's this. Right. One of the stories was uh, like it was four different restaurants, four completely different types of food. With weird names. All Yeah, and with names you've never heard of a place before or whatever, and all out of the same kitchen getting delivered uh, in New York. Yeah. So there's your ghost restaurants. That's fascinating. And if you want it, it's good just Good for wings. Tate Martell. Yeah. Yeah. Get the apple barbecue. It was Is it really good. Weird of hungry now. Yeah, you start talking about wings with yeah, the apple barbecue. Apple like, barbecue actually sounds really good. Yeah, like and, it, it, it's 9 a.m. and I want wings yeah. and a beer. Yeah, and <laughs> geez, there's no question. When in doubt, use the air fryer. Yeah, yes. that was that was your that was your pro tip. Yeah. It's it's amazing. I was shocked how well they recovered because yeah. they were they were soggy curly fries. Uh, an hour. That's yeah. gonna be especially was, was they weren't mixed in with the wings. It was in the same container, oh. but. They yeah. were separated, Ugh. but yeah, but yeah, I was surprised. They went from soggy to uh, about as crispy as you would want just normal fries as soon as you order them from a restaurant. So, air fryer saved the day. Without the air fryer, that would have been a much if worse experience you yesterday. Have an air fryer company, <laughs> Tyler Bischoff, <laughs> would love yes to, to advertise for. to endorse your air fryer for fixing the bad food that got delivered to me an hour late. So there's it's just wings. Ghost restaurant. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it. I mean, I hope I don't lose my address. But <laughs> yeah, that was that was the, that was the most suspect part happen. of this whole thing. Was yeah, DoorDash just you know like it didn't. It's like, well, dude. Well, here's the thing. I was tracking the driver. He drove past, past our house. neighborhood. Like, didn't turn in the neighborhood. He he drove just past it. Turned left on the next street and then was stuck. That just didn't move for like five minutes. And then eventually came back around, came in my neighborhood, but turned the wrong way down the street I live on, and then was just stuck there for like yeah. five more minutes to the point where I was like, do I need to walk down the street <laughs> to find this guy? Where's my wings? <laughs> do you have my food? Right. But I called him. He didn't answer. And then he eventually came and he was like, yeah, sorry to answer. I was on the phone with DoorDash trying to figure out where the hell you were. The worst is the little follow on some of these. Where you don't know where that you're the next you're the next pickup oh. and it's like you're nowhere near my house and you yeah. see the oh. little the little car going the other way it's like uh, come back <laughs> the, come back the, the worst one is the Uber that just sits yes. there and it just circles yes. and circles and circles and you're like I'm gonna have to cancel and get yes. the fee because this dude will not fee. yeah this dude will not stop all right here we go we've got four tickets to the League's Cup final coming up Wednesday. Next Wednesday, a week from today, at Allegiant Stadium, the Seattle Sounders already booked a spot in the final. They will take on a team from Liga MX in the League Cups final at Allegiant Stadium next Wednesday. We will take caller number 11 at 702-364-1100. That is 702-364-1100 if you want to go to the League's Cup final. One note. Make sure you have an email address that you're going to give us because I think we have to email you the tickets. 702-364-1100 for tickets to the League's Cup Final. Want to be part of the show? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and leave your opinion. The pitch. That one is hit high and deep to right center field. This one on its way and it is gone! Up into the Padres' bullpen, Mike Yastrzemski takes Darvish deep. Six to one, Giants. 
There he goes. The pitch is blasted to deep right field. This one is way gone. Up over the arcade, Brandon Bell, the booming home run, is 24th of the year. To one Giants. It takes a whole army to get this thing moving forward in the right direction. So there's a lot of people that should be very proud. And to be able to accomplish this in front of the home fans tonight was certainly special. So it's just kind of threading the needle on appreciating it, enjoying the moment, but be ready to play a ball game tomorrow because there's still a lot of work to be done. You're locked in the press box. Congratulations to Brian. He won tickets to go to the League Cup final next uh, Wednesday at Allegiant Stadium. We will have more of those to give away the rest of this week. Uh, Ed, I would like to do something in this segment where I just read something off the internet to you. Is that okay? Yeah, given I know it's coming, but go ahead. From the LA Times, Dave Roberts, best manager in baseball history? Perhaps that sentence shouldn't end with a period instead of a question mark. The Dodgers are in the playoffs again. Never have the Dodgers missed the postseason in a year Roberts has managed them. For all the never-ending, second-guessing from an engaged and spirited fan base, this statistic speaks for itself. Nobody in Major League history has managed more games with a better winning percentage. Robert's career-winning percentage is 6.18. That averages 100 wins per season. I liked Bochy. He won three out of five. <laughs> um, he, 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 when it mattered most, he got it done. Knew how to handle pitchers. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> he, I just look, <laughs> I mean, La Russa. Look, I don't like how he handles pitchers. He obviously players love him. There's no question about that as they should. They went under games a year. He's been given a very good team. Let's not, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of guys have been given good teams that haven't won in all sports, not just baseball. So he's been able to manage a lot of egos in that, in that clubhouse over the years. Cause they always have great players. I'm sure they have big egos. Uh, but I just don't think he's great at handling pitchers. And in baseball, that is a – you talk about Dusty Baker. That's a key element to winning at a high level. And when I say winning at a high level with the players they have, that should be contending for the World Series every year. They have those kind of players. Think about those Cubs teams that Dusty Baker had. Kerry Wood, Maddox, yeah. like Der- Derek Lee was yeah. like still at his prime, and they were just like, we can't figure yeah. this out. He's bad at he's bad at handling pitchers. He just is, but he does a lot of good things. Obviously, they win a ton of games, but you know they go into a one game playoff this year and lose. That's a massive, massive disappointment. Because when they're healthy, especially now, put Scherzer's or one, not even Bueller. When they're healthy, that's the best team of baseball. And well, in some ways, I don't Kershaw, think it's close. Kershaw's their one. <laughs> he's he might be their four right now. Gonsolin looked Price. pretty good. Gonsolin looked pretty good last night through five. Um, so yeah, I I don't look. I don't think he's the best manager in history. I don't. He, you do? No, 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 not even he, close. He has had. Probably, He's had incredible teams. Like outside of what, maybe some of the Yankees decades maybe, of dominance. Yes. He's had the most talented run of teams here. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, like six, seven, eight years. Yes, you can give Dave Roberts some credit, but yeah. when the team that he manages that goes good? out and trades for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner at yes. the trade deadline, <laughs> when they're probably already the most talented team in the sport, it's kind of like. I think I could manage them to 100 wins. And Dave Roberts, I'm the manager, so we're going to throw in Trey Turner. We're going to throw like one of the best players in baseball. He's just in the deal. We'll give you him, too. Yeah, like you don't have enough talent up the middle. I mean, it's just, come on. I do, like, they've, they've had a lot of injuries, but I do honestly think I could have probably managed the Dodgers to a playoff spot this year. I, I absolutely agree. would have got Bellinger out of yeah. there. <laughs>
I would hit him lead off just to make Ed mad. <laughs> oh, God, that would have been brutal. Trey Turner, take a seat. We're going yeah. Philly. Hit 160. Get him in there. <laughs>